When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Big Apple Hockey. And you notice we're one short, but don't worry. We'll have all three of us together in just a minute. And I, of course, am your host, Mark Williams. I was one of 18,000 disappointed fans last night. <laughs> and joined by the fourth period, Mr. Anthony Larocco. Uh 2024, Mark. Uh, you, your first game of, of 2024 saw... So a waxing. So I apologize uh, for you. That must've been tough, but needless to say, hopefully your, your next game you venture out to goes differently for you. I, I got to tell you, Anthony, that was a rough one to watch. It was rough in the first period. We're going to get more to that in one second, as well as the breaking news for the New York Rangers. But we also got a lot that's going down today. After all, Connor McDavid, Anthony, he hit a milestone. There's going to be plenty more of those in the future. And we are going to go straight to the A block where we're going to stay on Long Island and talk about the New York Islanders first. And of course, everybody, the A block is brought to you by SeatGeek. Use the promo code Big Apple Hockey for $20 off your first order. And of course, Big Apple Hockey trucker hats are available. Click the link for yours. Matter of fact, one of my friends yelled at me this week saying, How the hell do I not have a Big Apple Hockey hat yet? Ah, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> Anthony. Going with both teams, we'll get to the breaking news on the Rangers in a minute. But they got the Rangers. They were 2-2 two and two this week. They still sit atop the Metropolitan Division. Their last game, as you said, a 6-1 waxing to the Carolina Hurricanes. And I have a lot of problems with that first period. And you have the New York Islanders to start out last week after the show. Not that great. But, you know, still 1-2-1. and one. Uh, Last night, a loss to the Colorado Avalanche. Colorado and as Avalanche. I said before, well, well, I, I muddled my words. Colorado Avalanche. Colorado. I don't even know where the hell that was. So much, so much, so much for your tagline of no mistakes in 2024. Oh, well, what would he? Oh, just because that's a mispronunciation. You called, them, you called them the Carolina Avalanche. Uh, I think I, I I thought there was an L I threw in there for a second. Uh, so, you know, that those are words. I mean, these yeah. these ones, the, that's the real ones oh. I focus on. Obviously, Anthony, uh, we're going to get to the 7 nothing loss that the Islanders had uh, to the hands of the Pittsburgh Penguins. But what are your takeaways this week from both teams? Kind of just average, um, really. You know, for, for the Islanders, uh, that, that 7 nothing loss, honestly, I have nothing to say about it. It's it's one of those cliches moments where they say burn the tape and move on. Um it was, that's all you could say. It was a stinker. They, I guess they thought they were still on holiday break. Um, you know, it is what it is, but you know, most importantly, after that game, they came back out and returned the favor and thumped Washington five one. So, um, it was good to see them come out like that after such a bad game, the game prior. Um, and then they dropped another game in Pittsburgh, which, you know, they've owned the Penguins really since 2018, 2019. So Pittsburgh's beat them twice already this year, which I, I, you know, 
I hate to see, but the Islanders had so much success over them consistently over the years. I knew it was kind of, you know, eventually going to turn. So, um, but that game was obviously much, much uh, more even. Penguins had the empty net goal. Um, and then last night in Colorado, you know, 3-1 lead. Um, but I'm not, honestly, I'm not even that upset that they blew it. I mean, Colorado is just such a dynamic, fast team. They're so hard to play against when you're in their buildings, the high, high altitude. And, you know, it's always a tough place to play. Um, and they're just really skilled. So fortunately, the, you know, Avalanche got back in, got back in the game and, um, you know, they, they, they won an overtime and on a, on a penalty that Scott Mayfield took at the, you know, during the whining seconds of the third period. So, um, you know, kudos to the Avalanche, but, uh, that game though, the Avalanche out in terms of shot attempts, it was 90, I think it was 91 to 44. Um, Yikes. So the, yeah, the Islanders got caved in there. Simply can't happen. Um, and you know it, it's it's unfortunate. And you know Lane Lambert was actually quite vocal about it after the game. But the uh, the power play goal that they tied the game on late in the third, and Mike Riley interference. He was not happy with that call. He openly said it was terrible. Um, but, Anthony, you know, by the way, while we're on it, how about the goal? Like that was insane. Well, well, you, know, that's, that's, you know, that's another thing. If if the Islanders, I mean, that was luck on the Avalanche's part, really. I mean, his stick breaks, which kind of changed the whole complexion of the play because everyone thought the puck was going in one area. The stick flies off. The puck goes to McKinnon, and he just sends it out in front for a tap-in. So, um, a bad, you know, that was a bad break for the Islanders. Usually when a stick breaks like that, you know, maybe play goes the other way. Islanders get a chance. But, no, just terrible luck on the Islanders' end and really good luck on the Avalanche's end. and. Um, you know, in the power play in overtime, I always say when a team takes a penalty in, in overtime, you're basically handing the other team the game. I mean, it's usually game over when a team gets a power play, uh, and especially a team with the avalanche to have all those weapons. So fortunate let a point get away, but you know, you leave Colorado, get out of there and, um, get to get to Arizona. And they also lost two guys. Varlamov started that game. He, he left six minutes into the game, which could be problematic, uh, considering, you know, last week he was kind of day to day and and missed the game where he was where, he, you know, the Appleby was the backup. So, I mean, hopefully he's OK. If he's out for an extended period of time, the Islanders are going to have to be one of the many teams dipping their toes into the um, backup goalie market here as Ken Appleby's only has three games of NHL experience. So I don't think, uh, you know, Lou would want to go with him in the long term. But uh, and then Robert Bortuzzo got hurt and he's on the IR now. So. Uh, not not the best night for the Islanders in that regard, and considering the guys they lost and you know losing the game. But overall, again, kind of average. And you know the Metropolitan Division continues to be extremely, extremely condensed, compact. You know, two through two through seven is is really is really really tight. So uh, points are at a minimum here. And uh, actually, I should have mentioned this. I did have dental work done today, so I guess that's sort of like an announcer's version of hobbling. A little bit. I don't know. I mean, it's I'm still like trying to get through this. Maybe that's the reason why I said Colorado or whatever I said at the beginning. <laughs> anyway, Anthony, um, the only real note as because the, the last night's game had a different feel for the Islanders. And I'd say the only real note is they should just be lucky they got that point because Nate McKinnon on a breakaway, a bad giveaway. That was a bad giveaway. And he could have ended it right there. Sorokin makes a save. Islanders get a point. Uh, there's a different feel about losing last night, as you said. You lose to Colorado in Colorado. Doesn't really 
I, I'm not going to stress about that. That's not losing to San Jose when you're up four to one. It is another blown third period and lead. And that that's that's absolutely true too. Sorokin, you know, Sorokin saved the Islanders, you know, bacon really last night. Um, you know, and by the way, I think you meant to say Nikushkin, Mark. That was Nikushkin at the end of the game that had the breakaway that Sorokin made the save on. Um, I thought the there was. Occurred. I thought it was uh, McKinnon late in the third period. Late in the third period, yeah, at the very end of the game when Mayfield took the penalty left with like thirty seconds left in regulation. Oh, all right. Um, the Kush a bad, a bad, terrible pass. The Kushin got it. Um, you know, he danced through Mayfield. Uh, and he made a really good move, and Sorokin kept the puck out. So, um, I must have been yeah. focusing on McKinnon because that pass he made, you on the on the game tying goal, you would have thought that was a set play. Obviously, oh, yeah, yeah. it, it yeah. isn't. Like that's yeah. that that's one of those where you look over and we talk about that third period feeling that well, the that, that's why having, like, not to cut you off, not to cut you off, but that's why I say that was luck because his McCarr's stick broke, yet the puck yeah. still goes perfectly to McKinnon, you know, and the stick went flying. So. It, it's unfortunate, but that's what happened. I know it is unfortunate, um, but at least the Islanders got three points out of this week. It, it's it's a tough scr- scramble right there because you got that is a tightly packed division, and you have the Flyers that they they look like they're starting to fade. You have the Penguins that look like they're starting to ascend. Washington puts a stop to them. Washington loses two games to the New York teams, then they beat the Penguins. It just goes on and on, back and forth, and everything. And, and then you have the Devils too, you know. So that then they actually, they're playing Washington tonight. So yes, you know one of those one of those teams is going to pick up points. So it's like I said, it's really uh, it's really really tight right now. And before we switch over to the Rangers, uh, Anthony, this month of January, and we said this last year in the month of February, the Islanders had a really rough schedule. This is their month of January. They're getting. At Colorado, at 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 Arizona, at Las Vegas, home for Vancouver, Toronto, then at Nashville, at Minnesota, at Winnipeg, at Chicago, home for Dallas, Las Vegas, Montreal, and at Montreal, and then versus Florida. They're playing ten playoff teams. They don't get nights off. You're 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 gonna have to bring your A game every single time. And in fairness to the Islanders, last year in February they had the same stretch, and we were marking this, and they came out like gangbusters on that. And yeah, I mean, uh, the moment I, we're going I don't, I don't know. I don't think the stretch is as hard as you're, as you're making out to be. I mean, yeah, Arizona is an improved team, but they're still a wild card team. Toronto's Toronto has a lot of struggles right now. Um, Nashville's a wild card team. Minnesota's bad. Uh, Chicago's bad. Montreal's, eh, you know, so it's really, it's not, honestly, it's really not that bad. Um, you obviously got a good Vegas team for sure. You got a good Winnipeg team. Dallas is certainly good. Uh, but I don't really think it's that that tough. I don't. I don't. For instance, last year's stretch I think is much tougher than this. Yeah, last year's stretch was much, much, much more difficult. And uh, again, we're gonna bring the, the big the big question though for me is the health of Varlamov. Again, if Semyon Varlamov is out for any stretch of time, he's he's an important you know the best backup in the league essentially. And you know he comes in, his numbers are good this year, and if he's out. What's going on, Philk? And if he's out for, you know, like I said, extended period of time, that that hurts the Islanders because their strength is being able to go to Simeon Varlamov. So, um, you know, Appleby was recalled on emergency basis today. Uh, they didn't practice, so there was no news on Varlamov. But, uh, 
you know, we'll see what tomorrow brings. Hopefully he's not, you know, he's it's nothing serious. But if, if it is, uh, look for the Islanders to, you know, try to acquire Michael Hutchinson or, or Eric Comrie, both guys who were just on waivers last week, because um, at least they have NHL experience and would be a better option than Ken Appleby. So, well, but like I said, don't get too far ahead. Let's just see what, what the deal is with Verlamo first. But that's what they're potentially looking at. Yeah, because we're going to talk more about the Islanders' goaltending situation in just a moment. We're joined right now by the third part of the Hockey Triforce, Mr. John Falkowski. Philk, go right into it. What do you think about the Islanders last week? Um, I mean, last week, it, it seems like it's more up and down play. Um, they're starting to play a little better. Uh, I, I still think they have, you know, a little bit of a ways to go. That schedule that you were just looking at, though, uh, Anthony, I, I think you're you're kind of discounting the competition a little bit. I, I really do. I, I get Chicago is, yeah, they're not a good team. Um, Vancouver is legitimate. Las Vegas is legitimate. Toronto's legitimate. Whether or not you, you how you feel about them, they're still a legitimate team. Um, Colorado, you, you saw that they're still a legitimate team and they're getting Nathan McKinnon is playing as good as anyone in the NHL right now. And that's, you know, that's the big thing. Um, Minnesota, I'm not really worried about them right now. They've got some injuries they're dealing with. Kaprizov's out. Um, and then, uh, they have another, oh, Philip Gustafson, I'm sorry. Is, yep. is out, so they're out there starting goaltender. Um, but Montreal is playing better as of late. Uh, Florida is playing better as of late. See the New York Rangers and their struggles against them in that game. Nashville, you, you're, you're talking about Nashville and Arizona, but they are wild card teams and they're not easy outs. So well, I, didn't say they're, I didn't say they're easy outs, but they're not. They're not elite teams. That's the point. I was there. No, but they're going to give you a fight. They're going to give you a fight, and that those are still going to be tough games. So uh, I. I just think you're kind of discounting things a little bit here. Is it murderer's row like that stretch for them was last year? No, that, that stretch was insane. That's one of the more insane stretches I've seen in the schedule for any team recently. But um, I, I do think that that still is a pretty tough schedule, but I mean, up and down, but I, I still think they're, they're playing better. I, I still think that they need a, uh, a boost scoring wise. I think the power play is good, but I, I do think at, at 5v5, they could still use a little more help. And, Phil, both teams had a burn-the-tape type of game. Uh, so <laughs> we were just going over the Islanders in their 7 nothing game. Oof, nothing, game. Nothing to talk about with that. No, you, that's that's legitimate. I, I know a lot of Ranger fans want to talk, and I'm not trying to hijack here, but I'm just doing this to – bring up a point that I've seen recently. Every time I see a Rangers loss, it's always a burn the tape type loss. Every Ranger fan, burn the tape, burn the tape, burn the tape. Not all of those are burn the tape type losses. That Islander game against Pittsburgh, that is a legitimate burn the tape type loss. They did everything wrong that they could have done. I mean, the coverage was so bad. The Malkin goal should have never happened. Um, Zahorna, his goal should have never happened. So many bad, just Bad giveaways, people just letting players just walk in wide open to the net. What what was Sorokin or Rolamov supposed to do in those situations? Mm -hmm. Nothing. They, they forgot how to play defense for an entire game, literally from start to finish. They <laughs> and and Phil, I'll argue it wasn't even an entire game. It was just a 10-minute stretch. No, it was the entire game. 
when when they when they weren't going in, there were guys still wide open. What was their defense doing? Were, were, were they were they drunk? Did they have amnesia? What were they doing in that game? It was terrible. It's one of the worst defensive performances I've seen in a long, long time. When you get killed seven nothing like that in a game, that almost like looks to me like they were just like, shut up, Lane. Shut up, Lane. We're just gonna mail it in tonight. Shut up. That's what that looked like. Well, folks, switching gears also uh, to a better defensive effort. Last night, the Carolina Hurricanes, I thought they put on a clinic versus the New York Rangers. Like, the first period, atrocious referee, uh, just play, oh, whatever, man. refing, however you want to say. Not That's terrible. Lost, but... Is that why they lost? Because they weren't doing anything on the power play anyway. Carolina kept them out of the house the entire night. They couldn't well, generate anything. So the, the two things that I've seen, and I, I said this last night, is that one – they kept forcing east-west passes at the blue line. And it got so much, it got so bad to a point where the Carolina defense was literally just stepping up on them at the line because they knew it was coming every single time they did it, every single time, and they refused to get away from it. And then the other team that this thing does when they fall behind and they 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 start to you know try to panic because they 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 have an insurmountable lead that they're going up against, stretch passes. They go back to that stretch pass instead of breaking out with speed through the zone. That's another thing that needs to end. The, the last thing that I saw when I go back and when I went back and I, I kind of had to kind of take a look at it and just see if it was possible for them to do this, but dump the damn puck in and retrieve it. You don't have that move at the line. Dump the puck in, go get it. And this team refused to play that type of game last night. I'm going to tell you right now, that's not going to work in the playoffs. It's not. You play that Carolina team in a seven-game series in the playoffs, they will wipe the floor with you if that's how you're going to play. That's not going to work. We saw the Islanders try it with them. We saw New Jersey try it with them. And New Jersey absolutely just got their faces rubbed in the dirt last year in the playoffs. But it also showed me that this team has a glaring lack of depth in the bottom six. Yep. Glaring lack of not only depth, but skill and speed. You cannot have Barkley, Goodrow, and Nick Benino out there at the same time because they're just two different – they're just the same player. But I would say Nick Benino is slightly worse than Barkley, Goodrow at this point. Nick Benino wins faceoffs, but Goodrow's a better skater by maybe about that much. And Goodrow might be a little better defensively. It's the same player – and you can't have two of them on the same line. You get caved in at five on five. I don't care what money puck says. I, I don't care about expected goals in that regard. Because that same site told me that Zibanejad, Kako, and Kreider together were really good at five on five at the beginning of the year. And we all know that's a load of crap. So uh, this, a lot of things need to change with this team. It was kind of weird that, oh, uh, uh, one of the comments that was right here, I just got to bring this up. That, uh, why wasn't the Avery rule enforced? This is from Scott, and uh, it was for the uh, for the breakout. That's the reason why it wasn't enforced because I remember that I was right behind the net and they were waving, uh, he was waving the stick right in front of Sisterkin's face, and Fox couldn't get out. Fox couldn't figure out where to go. Carolina wasn't even letting the Rangers break out of their own end. I I, I still think that should have been enforced there. That you're not allowed to do that, and I, I don't know why it wasn't enforced. But 
Is that why, uh, Anthony, I don't know if you saw the clip. That's why I'm going to bring this up for you to look at. Um, I get it uh, over here. Here's the most standing thing for me. Benino and Goodrow have a total of nine points, and they're both minus players. So if if they're so good at five on five, why do they only have nine points? And why do they all, why are they negative players? If, 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 if money pucks model is accurate, why is that the case then? Maybe because the premise of expected goals is sort of asinine in effect. In, well, in a sense? I, I think expected goals is, is a tough stat to keep it track on scoring chances enough. Uh, Anthony, this is what they're referring to, but that's not the Avery rule. The Avery rule is uh, if if it's on a power player, if the shots are behind you, that's a breakout. The puck's in front of them. Or is yeah, it that you can to tell me that that line's better than the 2014 fourth line? I, I, I suggest that they quit the revisionist history right. and go back and watch that line again. They're, yeah, they're wrong on that. Uh, Anthony, can you go ahead? No, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I don't know for sure, but the best I could say is, yeah, when Avery did it, you know, the puck was going towards the net. This, the Rangers had the puck behind the net. Um, Sir Sturkin wasn't facing any shots at the moment. That's my assumption. Well, uh, I really hope I just didn't release some personal information uh, as as I was just sharing that screen. That would have been uh, disastrous. All right, uh, but... For this week, you gotta you gotta think these teams are gonna put forth better efforts, and a little bit of this was Christmas break was just kind of going on, or maybe New Year's hangover. Anthony, you first. Well, the the, the, the seven nothing game surely was. I mean, the Islanders were not ready to play that game. Um, I don't quite the but the there three games after that, the game against Washington where they won, and then the other game against Pittsburgh and Colorado. That wasn't an effort issue. That wasn't an issue of them not putting an effort or or holiday hangover. That was just, you know, the two games. Well, the lost. holiday hangover is for the Rangers. Yeah. Well, yeah, they just got beat. No, I'm not concerned with the Islanders' effort. All right. Yeah, Phil, do you think there's going to be a better effort uh, in the next game versus uh, Chicago? Well, it's a good thing you got a tomato can up, right? Um, is this layoff talk early? <laughs> Yeah, it they're is. Gonna, in this they're not, case, they're, they're going to come out and play the same exact way because they're going to think that everything is okay for that game. You silly, silly man. Really? <laughs> yeah. And one last thing before we break to do uh, the DraftKings read. And also, this is also the type of thing you want as a coach. You want to say, guys, we've got to work on this. We've got to work on this. Sometimes, Sometimes it's just one goal games. These games to slap you in the face. And, and I, I'm with Evan on this. It, it's just been for the last month or so, it's been on and off game, on and off game. And then they had a stretch where they won a few games in a row. But it's been on and off. And, and you know what? They, they, they have to stop playing like this. So let's shake this bad habit in January. And let's get to March and April playing a brand of consistent hockey. Listen, if you lose – or, I mean, if you win three to five in a row or something like that, and then you have one stinker, and then you win another three to four in a row, that's expected. That That's going to happen. Mm. That That's the mark of a good team. But effort, no effort. Execution, no execution. Like, that, that's not sustainable come playoff time. So, yeah. make that habit now. And I think they're, oh, part of them is trying to hold out until the trade deadline. One last thing, breaking news. 
The Rangers have called up Brennan. O Sorry. All right. The Rangers have called up Brennan Ottman. Uh, and Filk, is this is this a good sign? Is this a, a chance that he might stick around for the rest of the season? Because I know there are Ranger fans right now think, oh, the Messiah is here. He's not a Messiah. If you're if you're expecting him to be the cure all of everybody's problems with this team, no, that's that's not how that's going to be. I imagine this team is going to go out and and get a winger and maybe even a center by the time the deadline ends. I imagine Lopito's probably not playing another game until the playoffs. Um, it, it doesn't. The prognosis does not look good on him right now. Capo Caco will be back at some point. It's just a matter of when. I don't I don't know when that's going to be. Um, all right. Uh, I, I do think, though, that this is a good sign that he's up. I, I think that uh, it also tells me that Chris Drury and Peter Laviolette have finally gotten tired of the lack of depth and skill in that bottom six. And they think that he could he could give you more than Tyler Pitlick at this point. I'm surprised that Adam Edstrom didn't get the call, though. Well, we've talked way too much. We've almost completely silenced Anthony in the last five set to six minutes so we got to get him talking Mark, again catch up a little bit <laughs> well yeah this is what happens when we don't have you on you get it's your, your your battery's really charged all right we're gonna take a message from DraftKings and go right into bar talk or the layout talk as you guys call it <laughs> hockey fans like the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL new customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Shot. This is the easiest cyber to answer. Let me say beer. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. Welcome back to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we are gauging our confidence on NHL <laughs> topics based on our choice of drink. I promise there won't be that many layups or technical errors. Play <laughs> <laughs> along down in the comments below. Make sure you are buying beer or a shot. And of course, as always, why go to the liquor store when you can just click the link below and go on Drizzly and have somebody bring it to you. Christ Kreider will not be here. Although he did have a goal last night and another milestone for him. And, of course, the trucker hats are available. Click in the link below for the did eBay Price store. Did Price turn uh, rocks into bread? Uh, no, he just turned a deflection into a goal last night. Uh, you sure he didn't part the Red Sea? Oh, no, that would be Moses. Anyway, you know, Christ, Christ Crider would, would walk on water. All right, Philk. Ranger center Fiddle Petal has returned to Czechia to recover from his concussion. He last played November 2nd versus Carolina Hurricanes. Philip Petal will play again this season. 
I can't say this is a layup, but um, it's I, I'm I'm gonna say shot. I, I think they're gonna LTI arm for the rest of the year. I, I think they don't want to even risk it. The fact that he went back home is not a good sign. Um, so I it, it's gotten to a point where I think that you're really starting to worry about this kid's actual health, like outside of hockey and his quality of life. So, which is not a good thing considering that I watched this entire Eric Lindros saga happen over 20 years ago. So, um, yeah, just hope for the best for him. Hope he's back for the playoffs if he can be. But, you know, if if his health prohibits him from playing hockey again, then thanks for the memories, Phil. I hope it's not that. I hope that I'm a little premature in saying this, but just – Hopefully he gets well. That's all I care about at this point. And then if he can get back, great. Anthony, you had to watch the Brett Lindros saga when this happened, as well as Pat LaFontaine. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go beer here. Um, I think. I think uh, I had read that Staples said the plan was for him to hopefully be back with the team like after the All Star break, and and him going overseas wasn't essentially them shutting him down or just kind of. A reset, but um, surely there's a possibility he doesn't play again this season when it kind of goes this long. Um, but I, I do think there's there's potential that he does return at some point, um, and you, you hope that is the case for for him and the Rangers organization. But um, I think if he, I don't know, I think if he wasn't going to play, I, I think maybe be a little more transparent. I think the fact that they're hoping he'll be back by the all after the All Star break is maybe a good sign. Uh, so I'll say beer, but I, I could see a scenario where he doesn't play where, again. Where, wait, hold on, hold on. Staple said that they are hoping he definitely. Yeah, it was an article I read. I don't know, maybe last week they said the hope was that he would be back with the team after the All Star break was over. I'll try to find uh, it for you. But I, yeah, I I did not see that. I mean, yeah, that's one. That would be welcome news. Unfortunately, I've I've kind of seen this too many times. Pick your I, I, yeah, I, 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 you know what? I, I, I think MOIR for life is right here because I, I read a, an article from Staple either last week or the week before that said that the hope for Kako was back after the All Star break, not Heedle. I think you might be confusing the two of them. Well, maybe, maybe not, but you know what? We know that he was skating a little bit and then he went back to Czechia. Guys, we have seen this too many times with, with different players. You, you can't predict the concussion. And you also can't predict concussion recovery because, no. right? Yeah. Michael Sauer, remember him? Throw him in there. Mark former Lard. Ranger Mark Savard. Yeah. Then I mean, you have Paul Correa who went on to still play more years, but even he says he couldn't remember the famous goal in the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. So it's you hope it's not going to be the case, guys. But I mean, it's 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 kind of leaning that way. And going right to another crucial player that needs to be healthy. Uh, Islander Simeon Varlamov exited last uh, night's game with an injury. He missed a game last week uh, with an undisclosed injury as well. Anthony, should Varley miss time? The Islanders have to acquire a veteran goalie. Uh, first, I'm going to pause. I found the article. It's from Arthur Staples from December 30th. And no, it was definitely Heedle. He said, it's believed Heedle will, it's believed Heedle will be back in New York before the All-Star break begins on January 28th. 
that's a positive sign that this is not an indication Heedle's being shut down for the season, even though his recovery has been slow and cautious. Wow. So you see that, guys? We are prepared with information. Because I read an article probably the week before that, that before he actually went back home, stating that it, it didn't look good for the season and that Kako was expected back or, or yeah. after the All-Star break. Hmm. Okay. I mean, that, well, that's great news then. Th- thank you. Thank you, Arthur Staple, for that update then. And also thank you, for An- Anthony, for providing and it for Anthony us. Anthony, for providing it, yeah. <laughs> so, Anthony, the Islanders need to get a veteran goalie, especially if Arlamov is going to miss time. I, I would say anything longer than than two weeks. Yeah, they they probably going to need a veteran goalie. Um, I mean, I don't. I would have to look to see how many back to backs they're playing. You know, over the next two week span. But um, you know, I I would say that anything longer than two weeks will require a, certainly a veteran backup. I mean, like I said, Ken Appleby. Um, he has three games of NHL experience, and that was with the Devils. And this was back like in I think. 2018. So um, I don't know if the Islands would feel comfortable, you know, with him, you know, playing, you know, any sort of close to a, you know, even spot duty type of situation. So, um, you know, if it's only a week, less than two weeks, they may, they may just roll with it. Um, But I think anything longer, absolutely. You know, Varlamos really important to the team. His, His statistics are good this year. He's relied upon when they call upon him to start. Uh, So it would be, a big loss if he's out for an extended period of time for sure. I got good news for you, Anthony. This month, even in that schedule, one back to back. Yeah, so then that's that that is good. That's good. All right. So if he's missing time, that's a that's a that's a round right there, right? Yeah. All right. So uh Phil, what do you think? The wording is kind of vague here you're you're not really specifying what amount of time well extended amount of time let me i fit it in for the banner all right i'll i'll go around on that then that's a layup then at that point yeah it's pretty much a way yeah that's that's a layup it's if yeah he's 100 at that point you don't want to go with a minor even without the even with the lack of only one back to back there um you can't exactly go with Ken Appleby, that would be like the Rangers calling up Ken Jernander to try to replace <laughs> somebody at this point. Like you're bringing in a guy that's really, what has he done at the minor league level? What has he done at the NHL level? So I, I, I would go get somebody at that point. I, I'd rather have Comrie than that. Let me um go on from this. And first I'm going to say beer on this because I think they might ask Sorokin to handle the load. I'll tell you a different thing. When you talk about veteran goalie, we're not talking about him going to go get Jake Allen. No, we're, no, we're just no, expecting no, we know that. We know that. We know that. A that. veteran that could pick up the phone and just go, "Hey, I could go spot start for you." If only they had a guy that was just in the organization recently who's doing TV work that you could call anytime, like Corey Schneider, who could just you bring him in, play a game, one game behind that Islanders defense when they're playing like the Islanders. Maybe you could do that. I'm just throwing names out there, Philk. I mean, the Rangers have Louis Domingue coming Schneider, in. It's been a while for Corey Schneider, though. Oh, well, I'm just throwing out names because yeah, right now, I think, I think again, you know, Hutchinson and Comrie were just waived, so clearly, I think they could be had for 
for pretty cheap. I think those would be the type of guys they would look at. You're right. They wouldn't look at Jake Allen or anybody like that, but uh, Eric Comrie would fit the bill. Varlamov was, let's say, out for like a month. Different, different scenario here, David. I mean, I know the Islanders are close in the standings, but they're they're not exactly in first place. And Skapsky played against the 2014-15 Sabres. That yeah. team was atrocious and was basically a minor league team. And so, they were trying to tank. That, yeah, that they were season. perfectly going after Connor McDavid. So, yeah, uh, different different story here. Well, let's look at a team that might have solved their goaltending problems, or at least they're looking a little bit better recently. Carolina Hurricanes, 6-1-3 and three in their last 10 games. Philk, Carolina's found their game. Beer. Um, they're playing better, yeah. But, uh, I mean, the penalty kill was big for them. They're playing good defensively. Uh, their goaltending is still an issue. I don't care what anybody says. That you're, you're, not, you're not rolling with Kachetkov as your starter going into the playoffs. If that's the case, they don't stand a chance, and I doubt they win a playoff round because they're not going to be able to dummy teams like they did the Rangers last night. And the Rangers, if they play them again in a seven-game series – you know Peter Laviolette is going to be able to make the adjustments and tell them, hey, you can't mm-hmm. do this crap anymore. So any, we've seen it before. Brandon Moore hasn't been able to get the teams over the hump. I mean, they haven't played an Eastern Conference final game since. Well, last year. They haven't won one since 2006. They haven't won one, I should say. Yeah, sorry. Since 2009. I think 2009. I think. No, they, their their they, last win was the one that got them to stand like a finals. They, they got, that team got swept. Yeah, they've lost. They've lost twelve straight. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I thought they had won one game in that series. Why did I think that was a game five win? Because I remember commenting on that last year when it was uh, a previews for the series. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. That that is crazy. But yeah. Um, yeah, they swept Carolina in the conference finals in two thousand nine. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 2006. I, I it, listen. It just you're you're not winning with that goaltending. You're not. You're you're just not winning with Kachekov. And then you got to remember, he came in in relief in Game Seven against the Rangers. And what happened? They proceeded to put what two in on him in that game. He's not the guy. He's not. They better they better hope that Freddie Anderson is back and healthy, or go ask Anaheim about John Gibson. There's going to be a lot of teams asking about John Gibson. Anthony, Carolina's found their game. Yeah, it's a beer. Um, Rod Brindamore has gotten them closer back to playing that, you know, their typical suffocating, you know, real good defensive game for sure. But like you guys said, their goaltending is still a problem. That, that game when the Islanders beat them, or was a week, two weeks ago, whatever it was now, Kachek got awful in that game. Um, so their goaltending still has some serious problems here. Uh, so yes, while they're playing better, I think if they don't if they don't find a real answer in net and be more consistent in goal, they're not going to go too far. I'm going to go beer on this too. That right now they got scoring from Svechnikov. He's got six goals since Christmas. So he right now he's got something rolling. Uh, Sebastian Ajo has got I think it's 10, 12 points. My my apologies. And uh, somehow no Ranger really got him to bait into a fight after the collision with Adam Fox, which either way, if you want to say it wasn't knee on knee, it's still, that's the way hockey does its justice. Now, 
the only thing that worries me is just a, it's a short short stretch. You got three overtime losses that are in there. Carolina's looking look like more like Carolina, but they're not there entirely yet. Uh, but everybody should start taking notice. They're starting to wake up. And last week, the Toronto Maple Leafs waved Ilya Samsonov. And right now they're riding uh, Martin Jones. But they're going to need help. Anthony, the Rangers, almost said the Rangers. Uh, the Maple Leafs should acquire Jake Allen. Um, Not that I think Jake Allen's, you know, the, this fantastic goalie, but I'm going to go around here. Um, you know, Martin Jones cannot be replied cannot be relied on. They just recalled their um their their starter from the AHL. Um, uh, his name escapes me at the moment. Something with an H. Uh, but they, you know what? It's crazy to say, but they really need to find an answering goal because let alone your previous question for Bar Talk, Mark was they can win a playoff round with with Martin Jones. And the crazy thing is. The Maple Leafs have to be careful that they could fall in a situation where they're fighting for a playoff spot. You know, Tampa Bay is only two points behind them for third in the Atlantic. And if they fell out of third in the Atlantic, they're point-wise, they have 43 points. They're right in the same boat as all these other Metro teams that are closely bunched. New Jersey, Washington, Pittsburgh, you know, the Islanders, Flyers, Hurricanes. So, I mean, if Tampa Bay overtakes them for, you know, that third spot in the Atlantic, you know, there's not a guarantee they get a wild card spot just because of how competitive the Metro teams are right now. So, yeah, I, I certainly think they need a goaltender to to elevate their game. Otherwise, you know, they could be in a situation again where they're they're fighting to even make the playoffs. So, um, Joseph Wall's been actually pretty good, but he's hurt right now. Uh, they have to do something in the meantime. For me, this is for this is around. The well, the question well, is. Will Montreal will Montreal will Montreal help out a division rival and trade them there? I don't know, maybe, but I think they should try to get them. I think that's a bit of a tough sell, but Phil, what do you think? I'm gonna say shot. What is what does Jake Allen do for them? Is J- J- if Jake Allen is your answer, what is the question? That's what I want to know at this point. What is the question? Is Jake Allen that much of an upgrade over Samsonov? Is he that much of an upgrade over anyone else in their organization? I'm not saying he's a bad goaltender, but again, this is just another misguided experiment with the Toronto Maple Leafs if this happens. It just goes to show you, they didn't figure out goaltending. This is not Jake Allen in 2014. This is Jake Allen in 2024. Fast forward 10 years, my friends. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, Evan. Thank you. Maybe a decade ago, he would have been helpful. But again, a decade ago, he was behind a very good St. Louis team. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't think he would get the same help defensively that he did ten years ago. But I it just, if anything, if they're going to go and give up assets, go after John Gibson at that point. Go after Gibson. Go try to actually address the problem, not put a bandaid on a crack in a dam. I got to go shot with this as well, only because I've never been a Jake Allen guy. I never thought he was able to handle the workload in St. Louis when he was the guy. That's the reason why Jordan Biddington ended up taking his job and winning him a Stanley Cup. And then Jordan Biddington became Jordan Biddington and still, like, they ended up, well, they moved on from Jake Allen anyway by that point. But it's it's one of those the things. The thing is, I think Jake, Jake, Allen, Jake Allen's much better than Martin Jones at this point. 
Agreed. He's he's certainly going to make them. Jones has actually played well Martin for them. Jones is so far. Uh, Jones is not a goalie. I think that could bring to the playoffs. Dude, I mean, right, well, so do, I, do I wonder about what what ha- if if Martin Jones can sustain this? Yes, but Martin Jones has showed more recently than Jake Allen has that he's capable of being a starter. Now, is is that some major, major, major upgrade? No. But why are you going and giving up assets for for Jake Allen? Why? What what is that? What is that going to do to address the actual goaltending problem of them having of them not having a legitimate starter on their roster right now? The He's last time Jake Allen played more than thirty. Sorry, he played forty two games last year. But I mean, I, I you look at his numbers. Yeah, none of them won the starting job over him. Hmm? Sorry, what? Who won the starting job over him? Who, who won? Mar- Montembeau? Is that oh, why they... Insane. Oh, yeah, Sam Montembeau, yeah. 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 Sorry, uh, I got uh, going uh, a couple times on that. Uh, I just, I, to me, this is, this is the textbook definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. It's crazier well, when you think about it because everybody's talking about him like he's the top goalie on the market. He's not. <laughs> Mark is only a Cam Talbot guy. Oh, Cam Talbot had a year. But granted, he's playing behind a real good defensive team. And those numbers are coming down. Just saying about that one. All right, we're going to move on, guys. Going to the Minnesota Wilds. who have got very bad news. Kirill Kaprizov is out week to week right now, as well as Gustafson. I did not put him in there just because yeah. the bigger the headline is, is Kirill the Thrill. Here's the wild card standings right now, and it is it's almost as tight as the East, if not tighter. You got Nashville, Arizona, those are the two wild cards. Edmonton and Seattle point behind St. Louis, Calgary, three points out, and Minnesota, four points out. The Flames have a better shot at the playoffs than Minnesota. And I'm actually going to go beer on this. I know mathematically speaking, there's a a lot of underperforming guys in Calgary. I understand that there's a lot of things pointing in the wrong direction for Minnesota. Calgary's going in the wrong direction too. Even though, hey, uh, Jonathan Huberdo, not Justin, had two points last night in the first five minutes, which was more than he had in the month of December. And I mean, and uh, Elias Lindholm. But I mean, they're gonna they're gonna be ripping that roster apart. The the wild got the better shot out of the two of these, Anthony. I mean, it's close. They're separated by one point right now, um, and obviously Minnesota missing Kaprizov um, and Gustafson. It, that that's a tough loss for them. But as you said, there's a lot of underperforming players in Calgary. I mean, three of them, I would say, Lindholm, Hannafin, Tanev will probably be traded. So this is kind of a toss up. Um, you know, I'll. I'll go beer here. Um, I, I think they're they're roughly they're roughly similar, but if Kaprizov's going to be out for a long time, then I think the Wild are cooked. Filk, I got to go beer. They they they're going to sell three assets off between Hannafin, Tanev, and Lindholm. I I don't see how. Calgary makes the playoffs, and even if they do, 
what are your chances in, 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 a, in a playoff series if you're Calgary? Is Calgary really going to go? And Because and, if their management is smart, which you would hope as a, a Flames fan, they wouldn't go and try to buy assets just to make the playoffs only to see three guys leave in free agency. I mean, we've seen the exodus between Goudreau, Kachuk, those guys leave. Something's up with that organization. And these guys all went out. Lindholm rejected supposedly uh, a $72 million deal over eight years earlier on in the season. He doesn't want it. He clearly is out. So you're you're going to have to trade in. So that's probably your best forward gone. And then your best defenseman is going to be gone because they can't re-sign him either. And then Tanev is going to – he's going to get a nice little return he's dealt. So they've definitely got to sell those three guys. Yeah, I mean, I you know what? I'm going to go to shot. Yep. I'm going to go to shot after thinking about this. Because I, I think Minnesota, if they could get their guys back, at least they could make a run. There's talent there. But Calgary's got underperforming talent, and they got three guys they got to sell. And then they got an inconsistent goaltender on top of that. There's <laughs> been playing great, but Markstrom has been so up and down for the last, for this, probably since the beginning of last year, he's been up and down. So, um, yeah. And he still has two more years at $6 million per. I mean, can they actually move him? Um, maybe if they want to retain a little bit on that deal. But I mean, that's going to be a hard sell for a team. I don't, I don't know who takes that on at his age. Uh, although, Anthony, looking at the rest of those uh, teams in the standings, obviously Edmonton. Uh, who would worry Edmonton, you more, yeah. Seattle or uh, St. Louis? Worry me more? Like if I yeah. was uh, Nashville or Arizona? Yeah. Um, Seattle. I think I think Seattle has another. I mean, look, they they took care of Vegas at the Winter Classic. I think they have another gear to their game that they can get to. Um, so for me, it would be Seattle. All right, let's move on. Uh, we have one, maybe two, depending on the time. Connor McDavid last night got his 900th point, fifth best player in league history to reach that milestone. Behind Wayne Gretzky, on Mario Lemieux, Mike Bossy, and Peter Stasny which I bet a lot of people would probably blank on Peter Stasny being the uh, the fourth fastest. But, man, did that guy have an underrated career. Number two scorer in the 1980s. And a lot of people forget about that. I still find it fascinating. The fastest guy to 1,000, Wayne Gretzky. And the second fastest guy to 1,000 points? Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. Anthony, in the end of his career, Connor McDavid will be the second all-time NHL scorer. And I put up the Yager number just in case if people need it. Yeah, uh, I if if he keeps and if he stays healthy, obviously, because I don't think the the I think he clearly play at the level he's playing at. But if he stays healthy, I don't I don't see any reason why not. Um, I mean, it would be quite the accomplishment. I mean, I think most people already say he's probably one of the best players of all time already with his skill. Uh, so I, I certainly I certainly think he could do it if he stays healthy, although I'm not going to say round just because it's really bold. So I'll say I'll say beer. But, um, yeah, I think it's well within reach. He's that good. All right. The man that worships at the altar of McJesus, Phil Kowski. Why'd I go with just Phil Kowski instead of Phil? 
Um, is he going to do it? I've already gone on record uh, saying that I firmly believe that he can and will, well, can break the 2,000-point mark. See you later, Anthony. Um, I, I, I'm, going, I'm going round here. I'm absolutely going round here. Uh, I, I do think that he will be the guy to break 2,000 points. I mean, we're, we're seeing somebody who started off, and I think in his first, like, 10 or so games, he was just under a point per game, and that was considered the worst stretch of hockey in his entire, what, eight-year career. Now he comes in, and, or eight or nine years, I think, at this point. I think eight. But now he's back up to scoring at an over 130-point pace again. I mean, th- he is not out of the question to be the third player in NHL history to score 160 points in a season. And had he gotten any hotter last year, he could have done it last year. So, yeah, I'm going with him being as somebody who let's, – let's actually – you know what? Let's do some math here. Do some math. He's at 903 right now. Mm-hmm. 903. So he needs – 1,097. You, you, you think that he can do 109 points over the next 10 years until he's, what, 36 years old? Yeah, I, I, I think he can do that. I, I absolutely think he can do that. And I think he's going to average at least 125 points for the next, I would say, eight years probably. I, I think he's just that damn good. I think you're going to see seasons of over 140 points during that span. I'm going round. Uh, I forgot if I put it up. I'll put it up right there. Phil, here's the thing. I am going to go round. I'm going to put that up in one second as well. I do have to say this. What I worry about with him, not even his health, do things change if Leon Dreisaitl goes? and he's His contract comes up. After next season, do things no. change? Do things no. change if if a coach comes in and says, Connor, which would you rather have? 155 points or a Stanley Cup? He is going to go. And McDavid is no slouch defensively. McDavid but, already improved defensively. Is he ever going to be a selkie caliber player? No. But what coach is going to be stupid enough to try to turn – him into a selkie player what uh, what what coach is going you're there is no well, could have said the same thing about Iserman. Iserman was never at this level he was never at this level yeah you could talk about that he had a 60 goal 155 point season he had two 60 goal seasons in a row but steve Iserman was never at lemieux and gretzky's level and by the time that scotty bowman came into the league it was at the point where steve eiserman had to learn to change to win a stanley cup there's no scotty bowman here what coach is there that's going to come along and that's going to be okay i demand so much respect that a guy like you that's a future hall of famer no doubt is going to have to listen to me name me one coach that's going to do that you know there might be. Don't tell me I Joe Quenville because he's never coaching again. No, it's not going to be Joe Quenville. Joe Quenville is the name that comes to mind, but he's never going to coach again. 
I'll say maybe if John Cooper for some reason ends up coaching uh, Connor McDavid, I think he's the one that could get through to him. Saying, wouldn't even be dumb enough to do that. He hasn't done that with Kucherov. That that's true, and he's gotten actually more production with Stamkos as he's gotten older. So I, Stamkos, I'm just trying to think of the coach that would be at that level. Phil gets tough. Stamp Stamkos was never a defensive slouch, and it, no, Mike, sorry, Barry Trotz is not coming back. He's a general manager at this point. I think he's far yeah. coaching. I, I don't know how lucrative of an offer it would have to be from a team to get him to come coach. It would have to be stupid, probably. I, I think he's done coaching. He's coaching no, he's definitely done coaching. He's the he's the hockey operations president in Nashville. It's where he the probably, uh, the probably the job he always wanted after after he left. Here is the point. McDavid is the one guy that you don't do anything with. You want to mm-hmm. know why? Because he is literally the definition of playing defense by playing offense and having the damn puck. The same argument that people use for Eric Carlson as to why he should have won those two Norris trophies. Connor McDavid is that argument on steroids. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. You you let him because he does have the puck and he does attack. I don't like defensemen that. Uh, like Carlson, Carlson is probably the most polarizing defenseman in the league. I'm borrowing a, a quote from, uh, I think it was Mick Kern who said it, but it, it's it's just, he really is. Philk, I did have a bonus one. I thought about leaving this for next week, so let me throw this out of you, see if you agree with it. Talking about the PLD trade. Do you want to talk about it? Shoot. All right, let's go. Last uh, June 27th, Los Angeles Kings acquire Pierre-Luc Dubois from the Winnipeg Jets for a second-round pick. Alex Ifalo, Rasmus Kapari, and Gabe Velarde. Winnipeg overwhelmingly won the PLD trade. Phil, I'll let you start it off. Too early to tell. Way too early to tell. It's beer as of right now for me. But I lean towards Winnipeg winning this. And the reason why is because Gabriel Velarde has taken that next step. Alexia Follow has been a, a decent depth addition on top of that. It's way too early to declare a winner, but Pierre-Luc Dubois, as we, we talked about when Dennis Bernstein was on with us, he just has not made that transition yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's still kind of finding his way. I want to see what happens when he really finds his way, but the numbers do not look good right now. Seven goals, 14 points in 34 games. It's just not good enough. But Winnipeg is winning. Winnipeg is winning, and they're one of the better teams in the NHL. L.A. is also winning, and they're one of the better teams in the NHL. So do you really think that L.A.'s management is going to turn around and say, oh, we don't like this trade just because PLD hasn't found his footing yet? In year one, getting used to a new system, new team, new new place of living, new ways of life, everything like that. No, they're not going to say that. They're going to turn around and say, it's still early. We're going to give him time. We're, we're winning despite the fact that he's not as productive as he should be. And they're going to turn around and also say, hey, could you imagine if he was productive, how good we would be at that point? Yeah, um, I'm actually going to go at a different level on this because, yes, first off, yeah, L.A. got their guy. They were looking to get PLD. Let me give these caveats. They got 
three players to replace one, and they filled a lot of different holes. I follow as a hell of a player. So is Velarde. And, I mean, he had some unfortunate injuries uh, to start this season. But, yet yeah, it doesn't look like Velarde has taken the next step. I'm playing around on this, Philk. And the reason why is because they got productive players and they got the biggest malcontent in the NHL out of their locker room. Whether or not you, everybody wants to say, oh, he's a good locker room guy, that stat doesn't show up. Yeah, well, go in a locker room with guys. And, yeah, you know what? I did want a little bit of an excuse about this. Yeah, want to talk he, about he it? definitely wanted an excuse to rant about oh, the ball because you but, know for a fact that this is – no, they didn't win. They won after 34 games. Oh, stop. I'll you say they won that deal. Give yourself the pat on the back so you can rant about Dubois like you're Jeremy Roenick. Good for you, buddy. <laughs> Good for you. Go ahead. Do a Barry Horowitz and give yourself a pat on the back. Well, I actually, I think my joke during the summer is uh, that he requested trade out of there. So it's a little bit by design. All right. Uh, by the way, Phil, let me just throw this one at you for a quick topic. The um, Professional Women's Hockey League is starting up. And a shorthanded goal ends a penalty kill. Is this a good or a bad rule? I kind of like the premise of it. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I know that the, they're not the first league to use it. Champions League actually uses it. Uh, but I, I do. I am intrigued by that. Like, it, 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 you know what, though? And, and I wonder. And I really wonder if this rule was ever enforced, how it would affect teams in the way that they set up their power plays. Like, I, I, I really think that you would stop seeing the four forward, one defenseman rule at that point. I think teams would be a little more conservative and you would see a little more traditional power plays like the Rangers in 94, where they had Messier, Zubov, and Kovalov. I mean, Messier, Graves, and Kovalov with. Zubov and Leach at the points. So you would see two defensemen at the points instead of, uh, you know, four forwards and one defenseman. But I mean, it's interesting. I, 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 I do, I, I do like that. Um, I do think, I do think here, David is correct. You, 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 what do you do with a major? I, I, I don't think it should. I think that's the only way that it should not apply is if it's a major. If well, it's a double yeah. liner, it takes away one penalty, not two. But um, I'm, I'm also going to agree with Pete here. I, I don't think the NHL is going to do anything that could curb scoring. So um, yeah, uh, I, I got to agree with you guys on that. I actually, I don't, I kind of don't like this to be honest, because sometimes bad bounces happen. And I'll refer to you, uh, Philk, Game Seven, 1994 Stanley Cup Finals, that. The Rangers take a delayed penalty on now. First, it's a delayed penalty, and they're on the power play. Trevor Linden picks it up, goes in on Mike Richter, scores his first two goals. And first, would that negate the power play, or does that just negate the delayed penalty? Or, and then the other thing is, let's say that penalty wasn't called. The York Rangers then don't win the Stanley Cup because they scored the Stanley Cup winning goal right after that. So. Actually, it was the neck. It was the power play after that, as I remembered it just now. So at least I made a NASA out of myself really quick. But yeah, it was the Vancouver killed off that power play, and then the Rangers ended up winning it on the on the Brian Noonan goal. Um, yeah. About a 
the next power play. Yeah, everybody's a people. I hear people calling it the Brian Noonan goal. I, I honestly, I think Adam Graves may have even gotten a stick on that one. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't. I don't think that was Messier's goal. But you know what? You give it to Messier. He wrote the story. The man that got the the consummate I was happy with. So there you go, right there. Uh, are there any comments that are sticking out to you, Phil? Any questions? I mean, we've kind of been going along, and uh, at least I have, and getting to them. <laughs> the David says, the day ends in Y when I make an ass out of myself. Yeah. Yes, fortunately. Yeah. Uh, uh, J.E. saying that Calgary has the ability to rebuild very quick by trading the three that we talked about before. And Markstrom, the goalie market alone would fetch them a bunch. Um, I wonder about Markstrom, his inconsistencies over the last two seasons, combined with uh, a somewhat high cap hit, although $6 million is not terrible compared to some other goaltenders in the league. Sergey Bobrovsky, um, you know, is not terrible, but it's still not great either, especially for someone who's over 30 years old and has uh, years left on his contract. I just so, wonder what he would fetch. Yeah, I, I don't think Markstrom would fetch a ton, but I, I guess if you're stockpiling assets from that point, then yeah. That like if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, Phil, do you try to make a run to try to get him? And would that make sense? He's he's owed $6 million the next two years. Like, and... the. Yeah, he would be a legitimate upgrade over what they have. I, I the the question I have is, is he worth giving up the assets for? I do, does he really fix their issues? Like the guy, I, I I think if Toronto is going to go after somebody, I think it's got to be Gibson. And I I know that's that's not very compromising, but you have to go and actually get a marked improvement over what they have. And yes, Markstrom is a, is a big improvement. I just think he's too inconsistent to not have a great defensive team in front of him and, and carry this team. Could a change of scenery invigorate him? Sure. Uh, and the fact that he might be in a playoff team, that can invigorate yeah. him. Absolutely. Also, keep, that, keep in mind, Phil, when he was on a, a Calgary team – that was a Stanley Cup favorite. He wasn't any good in the playoffs. No, and and that that's a scary part. It, it, it it's not just it's not just can they get Toronto to the playoffs. It's not just can they get to the second round. Now this team needs to be an Eastern Conference finalist or better and or win the damn cup because uh, supposedly they're working on an extension for William Nylander to be done by the All Star break. Uh, we'll see if that happens. Supposedly, it's in the $11 million range. Um, but they're going to have to start selling off pieces if, if that's the case. Because I, I, don't I know have no idea what Toronto's double. doing, Phil. I, I don't know how you had another double-digit contract and you don't lose depth. So th this team is going to have to start getting ELC depth big time. I don't know how they're going to add a goaltender at that point. So uh, I And as J.E. says uh, – Markstrom would be better in Carolina. I, yeah, I, I think so, too. I think with the way that they play in front of him, I mean, if anything, the last two Stanley Cup winners have shown us that 
if you have a goaltender that can just be above average in the playoffs, you can win with an elite team in front of them. So Vegas and Colorado are both great examples of that. But yeah, if, if Calgary, if Carolina went and got Markstrom, but here's the question I have now with you saying that if is Markstrom that much of an improvement over Anderson, uh, no, but Anderson's health is in question. Like I said, the blood clots are in there. Yeah, I, I I understand completely. I understand. But the point is, is that Anderson getting back was their guy. That's that's their mm-hmm. guy that they've gone with. That's their number one guy. Markstrom at his best. Is he that much of an improvement over Anderson at his best? I would say Anderson is the better goalie even right now. So before the health issues, Anderson was the better goal. Oh, I'm, I'm talking about his age. Like Anderson yeah, last year took him to the conference finals. That's, but that's what I'm saying. It, not neither of these guys have been amazing in the playoffs. Markstrom nope. wasn't good in 2022. Anderson hasn't been good in the playoffs over the years. Is he hasn't Markstrom, been good since 2015. Yeah, you know, Anderson. Well, I don't even think Anderson was really the, the guy in 2015. I just think Anaheim had a really good team back then. Well, yeah, but they they used him. Then Gibson beat L.A. They ended up getting past L.A. And Anderson was up and down and versus the Blackhawks, but got in the game seven. Markstrom had one good year. Yeah. One. Yeah. Anderson consistently upper end numbers, not Vezina. Now. One good year. Just to go with this and move on from Markstrom. Uh guy that I've talked about a lot in our chats and everything else. If the Rangers can go out and go get Lindholm, the question from John Radigan is uh, if Heedle goes on LTIR, what's the ask for Lin, uh, Lindholm? I think they, I think the Rangers are out. I think they don't have the, the assets to give because multiple, uh, probably since they don't have that many prospects, multiple first round picks uh, on, or multiple second, uh, first and a second. I, I I think Lindholm is the type of guy that a conditional first goes for. If you look at some of the trades that have happened over the years, Tarasenko went for a conditional first. Zuccarello went for a conditional first. Mm-hmm. Kane was a conditional first. Um, a lot of these guys are going for conditional firsts now. I just wonder what the ad has to be for Lindholm to make this deal work. Because I think there would be several teams that would be in on him. If it's Brennan Othman, I I do wonder if the Rangers seriously consider that because this is an all in year. This is a year where I think Chris Drury is the same realization that Neil Smith did in 1994. They have a great unit in place and they need, those pieces that put them over the top. I think this could be the year where the Rangers end up making one of those types of moves where fans end up hating in the future, where it says, oh, well, you know what? We may have sacrificed some of our future, but it may get you that one cup win this year. I think this is the year where Chris Drury is going to have to think long and hard about making those moves that this fan base might end up hating. In the long and, term, not in the short term because it helped them win, but in the long term. And you know Chris Drury adds at the deadline. 
he'll he's add, absolutely add. He's at it. He'll That's add cool. as many small pieces as possible. I just, I just wonder. There's going to be a bidding war for Lindholm, and I think the Rangers are going to be forced out because Colorado can offer uh, Byram. Um, does Boston go crazy and offer Pontras or? Some of their assets, they're they're kind of a little uh, bit thin. Too. I don't know if Boston can afford to offer Patras at this point. I I really don't because he he came out of nowhere and he's been such a surprise for them. And they they have a bleak outlook at center. They really do, and they're they are not getting the production that they need at center. So, but Phil, let me say this: if you're telling me the New York Rangers could have a third line of Cooley, Kako, and Lindholm in the playoffs. I think Blake Wheeler could still, or Brendan Oppmann could just slide up to the top line. Doesn't have to prove that much. Brendan Oppmann that's asked to be there. Um, yeah. But, again, Pavel Zaka is, is there. Charlie Coyle is a third-line center. Charlie Coyle is being asked to do way too much. I don't think he's, I don't think he's that good. I, I think he's a decent player. But I, I again, twenty-seven points in thirty-six games for Charlie Coyle. This might be, this might end up being a career year for him. I I, I don't see how he, I, I don't see how he sustains it going forward, and I, I don't think it's good enough going forward to tell you the truth. Mm. But I, I I don't think Drury's on the hot seat, uh, but I I do know that Dolan is going to want him to add, and I I do know that Dolan has been part of the push for guys like Kane and Tarasenko. And when Dolan gets into his modes, we've seen it in the past, years and years ago during the Dark Ages, that he likes to add big-name players. Lindholm is the biggest add that you can make at forward. And this is a team that is very, very close. They are on the cusp of being that, that cup favorite, that cup threat. I could, I would not be surprised if this team ends up adding Hampus, uh, sorry, uh, Elias Lindholm by the dead, uh, by the deadline. Uh, and I'll tell you right now, um, it may, it might not end up being something that people want to get rid of. Yeah. And look, if it's the Tony Monte trade, the caveat to that is I have a use the caveat now, uh, twice. So, uh, but the catch out of that is the Rangers won the Stanley Cup. They gave up Tony Monty. Now, the reason why I still bitch about the Mike Gartner trade is because they got Glenn Anderson back. He was useless. He was totally useless. <laughs> it was There was no difference between Glenn Anderson and Mike Gartner. And a matter of fact, there was. Mike Gartner owned the Devils that year. I, You know what? I, I, I don't think they can handle no. Lynn Holman and Monaghan. No. Um, if you ask me, I think something realistic – would would be working on getting both Frank Petrano and one of Sean Monahan, or maybe if Nashville falls out of the race, you would have to wonder about Yakov Trenin, who I mm. think would be a, a real good fit. Uh, I I don't think Monahan sucks. I'm sorry, I don't. I I, I think too many people chart watch with him. Uh, I'm I'm one of those guys. I, I I've I and I had him in fantasy, and I just never really liked him. 
But I, by the way, we're, we're, we're not talking about bringing him in for tons of points. We're talking about bringing him in for, to be a third-line center. He is an upgrade over Bonino and Goudreau. And until Filipino gets back, he would be a good third-line center addition. Um, Jay says, do you think Buffalo ships anybody out? I'm surprised they didn't make their goalies uh, – market their goalies before this year. Olsen. And I, I, I honestly am not really impressed with Olsen. Everybody talks about Patrick Kane not playing defense. Victor Olsen does not really play defense either, and he's not an upper-end scorer. So I, 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 who do they have that the Rangers would want? I mean, if we're going to talk about Phil Pietl being out, let's go with that there. Uh, Jason, by the way, thank you. Thank you, because we love it. We, we love it whenever you guys are here with us. And like I said, we are growing, and it's um, it's great that we have support of Good friends. I had I had a friend of mine who I Timmy Caracostas, Hicksville Hockey Royalty, who said that he loves the show. Uh and he is one of the most knowledgeable hockey guys that I know. So I know we're on the right track with something. You know what, Eric? I, I gotta say this right now. Eric Johnson at this point may end up being an upgrade over Braden Schneider. Because Braden and- is not playing good hockey right now. I'm sorry. Don't care what I don't care what your analytics tell you. The eye test tells you that this guy is blowing assignments left and right. Well, he, don't worry about that. I'll get to. I'll give you an actual example from last night's game. First, let me say this about Buffalo. Don't uh, talk to me about the. Don't talk to me about the goal where Igor misplayed the puck that wasn't on Schneider. That's on. That's on everybody. That's right there. Igor should have tucked no, it in. No, that's Frozen. not. Schneider doesn't even get a chance to get that puck. Go watch the replay again. Then was it Gustafson that banked it off the boards and it ended Gustafson up in front of the crease? was the one that banked it off the boards behind the net. Yes, but Igor has to do either one of two things. He has to either let the defenseman take it or he has to cover that. There's there's no in-between. What he did absolutely screwed Schneider there. Yeah, that's – I actually thought not, Igor had a good game, but, he, but that's a bad misplay. He had two bad misplays last but, night. You know, but you know what, though? That that's not on Schneider. I've been on him all year. All year I've been saying he's been bad. But you know what? That's that's not that's not Schneider's fault. That's yeah. absolutely on Shesterkin. You can't do that. Schneider Shesterkin got caught three times doing that last bad night. Bad place. Three times. With the he, he had a good night in the net. Nowhere else. He tried playing the puck. Bad place. Uh, by the way, Phil, the one guy that that uh, Jay said and I was going to allude to him. Casey Middlestat, but I don't think the Rangers are looking for him. Middlestat? No. What is, no. 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 They need they need a center that's going to be a matchup center and could possibly put the puck in the net. I think uh, it was Antoine Verbet in 2015. Yes, Antoine Verbet went to Chicago in 2015, and that helped them. And if I recall, he scored the game winner in game one. Versus the, I believe you're correct on that. Yeah. So, yeah, stay in your crease. Yeah, Jay, I, wasn't even. You know what? He actually wasn't his crease when that happened. He just poked the puck instead of covering it. Just cover it if you, if you can't see your guy. If you can't, if you don't know that the defense is behind your net and you have the forward right there, cover the damn puck. Uh, fuck yeah, which is Pete. He's saying Max Pacioretty's playing tonight. Wishing the best. I really do hope Max Pacioretty, because that was just unfair what happened to him last year. And he looked good. 
that that sucks. You you come you 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 tore, you tear your Achilles, come back, and then you tear the same Achilles right away. I mean, you just gotta wonder if he's the same player. Yeah, I mean, by the way, so but that's that's one thing. Going back to Shesty now, it's one thing. I always loved it when I saw a goalie that loved to play the puck, because there is nobody more arrogant than a goalie that loves to play the puck. Maybe John Van Beesburg was the most humble out of all of them. He knew he never really made a big mistake. Martin Brodeur turned the puck over a lot. Uh, Sisterkin's done it. Rick DiPietro's done it. And uh, who was the goalie that literally passed the puck to the other team just recently? I think it was Bobrovsky. Like, Tristan but, Jari in the playoffs against the Islanders. Tristan Jari. Oh, God. Tristan Jari. How did I forget about Tristan Jari? That's one of the most egregious goals. Just stay in your net. Alex Tuck would be a great pick, but he's not going anywhere. Um, Al, Al, Alex Tuck is a Buffalo guy, he, and he's very happy in Buffalo. He wants to be a part of that rebuild. He's been pretty vocal about that. Um, yeah. I, I don't see him going anywhere. And I'm just going by his contract just for the sake of doing that. Uh, Alex Tuck, he's still signed for three more years. Sorry, two more years. And he's got a, a modified no trade. He's got a five team no trade list. He's not going anywhere. I was just trying to look at somebody before on Cap Friendly. And and I mean, but by the way, people want to talk about Brodeur. Brodeur was this great stick uh, goalie. You know, remember the 20, uh, the 2010 Vancouver Olympics? Where he got beat twice. Adam Henrique is going to be an interesting one. Um, I, you know what? I'm with Vince Mercabliano on this. Um, I don't think that he's a great fit due to his skating. His skating is mm-hmm. not the best. Is he a decent defensive player? Yeah, he's he's not bad defensively. Nowhere near Selkie caliber, but um, I, I I just don't think he's the uh, answer. I, I Michael, know. we cover both teams. If you have a if you have an honest question, put it in. We're in the Q and A segment right now. We were yeah, doing both. We're getting mostly Ranger questions right now. So. Yeah, our Islander guy already uh, left for the day. That's the only reason yeah. why. Yeah, um, I do like Dickinson. I, I think Jason Dickinson would actually be a really good one. I liked him in Dallas. He's actually having a big year in, in Chicago. The offensive numbers are going to come down a bit. He's shooting at a pretty high percentage, so the numbers are going to come down a little bit. But I, I still think that he's, uh, he's still a very good add. I, I would personally like to see him in Vetrano. I, I think if you go get him in Vetrano, I, I, I think you address two spots. You bring in a winger. You move Blake Wheeler. Um, Capo Caco can come in and be like a third-line winger at that point. Philip Hedl comes back, and you could even put him at wing. And then you could maybe move Blake Wheeler in the lineup, which I don't think they're going to do. They should – and I don't think they're going to do it, but they should. So, by the way, if there's anybody from All Things Islanders that's watching right now, feel free to ask another question. Yeah. Um, and uh, no, I don't think they're going to get Tyler Mott back yet no, again. No, no, no. The one thing I will say is I think that Vetrano is very realistic because uh, because of the fact that Chris Drury, as shown with Tyler Mott is not afraid to go get a guy that he spent assets on previously. If, especially if he thinks 
that that's a guy that's going to come in and help out. Yeah, I I think that he's. I, I think that Vetrano is definitely definitely an, an option for them, especially if he starts to cool down a little bit. Um, Dickinson being a plus eight on a club with a minus fifty three goal differential is actually a very very good stat. Dickinson played for uh, Dallas before, right? Yes, that's what I just said okay. before. I had, the, I had the right guy. Good. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, I was responding to the other thing. Although, I think we're just going to go about five more minutes right now. Yeah, not, not understandable. Um, yeah. Stutzla, yeah, not happening. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that would be that would be crazy. You'd probably have to be getting up one of Lafreniere and, and some other assets to do that. Lafreniere, Hoffman, Perot, and first rounders, and then something to get a guy like that. Uh, Dickinson, yeah, that's why I said his shooting, his shooting percentage is high. The offensive numbers are going to come down a bit. Uh, but you're not bringing in Jason Dickinson to, sh- to shoot the lights out. You're not doing that. You're bringing him in to, to give you responsible third-line, you know, two-way play and a guy that can kill penalties, and Jason Dickinson is all of that. He is basically a better version of Goudreau and Benino at this point. Sean Monahan plays all three forward positions, wins faceoffs, kills penalties on power play. He's an all-situations guy. I know that some people don't like him because they watch the charts. I disagree with that. I think that Monahan has been a better player than what the charts say. I, I think that he's part of the reason why Mon- uh, Montreal is having a little bit of a resurgence. Do I think that those offensive numbers are translate in New York? No. But I think if everybody, when everybody comes back, I, I think he could be part of a productive third line. Uh, Phil, I'm actually not fully versed in this. Uh, the Ryan Hartman hot mic situation. He was caught on a hot mic saying that he that he hacked somebody on or something like that on purpose. I I don't I don't know about that. I, I, I what are they going to do with it? What are they going to do? What can they get? Yeah, I don't. I just don't think this is worth going too far into because I don't think there's really should. Um, really something that or really anything that they can do all right and uh like i said we're gonna be uh cutting it short soon but who do you who do you see for like a seventh guy uh i don't know um defenseman that's really would have been somebody maybe that they could have taken a look at as a seventh i i I think maybe they end up bringing one in. I think if anything, maybe they call, they call up from Hartford uh, for like a black ace or something like that. Um, I, I don't, I don't think that's going to be an area of focus. I think if they go and get a defenseman, I think they're going to have an upgrade over um, Braden Schneider. And I think it's going to be a six or a five that they would go after. Um I, I Brett Pesci. I, how, how does how do the Rangers fit Brett Pesci? How do they fit Brett Pesci? Well, how's Carolina send him there anyway? Uh, Jason was asking too that he read something that the Rangers should go get Tarasenko again. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's been rumored. It, that's it's been, been rumored, rumored, but I'm sorry. No, all all the beats have been talking about it. So yeah, yeah. Hronik is not going anywhere. I don't know who this is because it's, it's coming up as Facebook user, so I'm sorry. Uh, but um, 
Hironic is not going anywhere. Vancouver is very happy with him. Yeah. Um. That and I think it's didn't he saw an extension. Pretty sure he did, but he's not going anywhere. Van, he's, he's playing an RFA after the season. Uh, yeah. You're not getting him. And they gave up a lot to get, and they gave up a lot to get him in Bo Horvat. I mean, that that's the byproduct of that Bo Horvat trade. It was getting Hronik. So um, 4.4 million, 26 RFA after this year. I think he only has one year of RFA eligibility, and I think that's next year, and then he's a free agent the year after. So I'd imagine that they'll probably try to sign him long-term in the offseason. All right. Guys, we're going to start the music right now. Uh, get our way out of here is uh, dinner coming up soon. And I mean, there's been a lot of good action this week. Uh, you got this. Everybody keeps touting. This is a big game tonight. Phil. how big do you really think this is for, for who the devil's capitals? How is this big? I don't, I don't know about Big. I mean, who was it big for? That's a good question. I mean, both teams can recover from this. I mean, it's, it's not like not uh, the end of the season. This is not the end of the year if uh, whoever loses. The Devils are two points back of the Capitals, and they played the same amount of games. And the Capitals are only two points back of the Islanders, and they have two games in hand. So. Even if Tampa ends up winning and passing them, Washington has four games in hand on Tampa. Yeah. So why is this? I don't know how big this is. I, I don't mean, know. They're like I, I said, like people around they were touting how big this game is. I don't know. There's still room to recover. Although again, the math on it still says then you have to go on a real good heater the rest of the way. So Hoffman is not playing tonight, Matt. You mean tomorrow yeah. night? Yeah, probably tomorrow night. Yeah, I, and I think that's what that means there. Arthur yeah. Stable has said that it's um that he's gonna get a good look. Yeah, and Arthur Staple was talking about a third line of a Hartford kid line. Or not really a kid line, but a Hartford third line, sorry, because of Bronson's keeping thirty. Uh Rangers kick tires on Luke Cunning. That's an interesting name that I haven't thought of. Um I really wonder how that would work. Um, I think he has years left. If I'm correct, beyond this year, I think it's like one or two years left. Hey, folks, so the the gold medal for the World Juniors, that's basically U.S. to lose if the Canada lost, right? No. Have you – I mean, I know that Sweden got taken to their brink by um, Switzerland, but Switzerland played very good hockey. I still think Sweden is probably the most complete and balanced team in the tournament. I think the way that they're playing has them on track to win it all. I think the U.S. and Sweden are the two best teams left. I do think that the U.S.'s offense can give Sweden trouble. They're the one team I think that can do it, but Sweden's defense is the best core in the tournament. Uh, the U.S.'s offense has been shoddy at times, and they have too many puck movers that don't play enough good defense. The difference between USA and Sweden, it's going to come down to Augustine versus Havilland. 
uh, Jacob Fowler's not the guy. If Jacob Fowler's starting, then I'm wondering what the hell David Carl is doing there. Because mm. uh, Trey Augustine's been the better goaltender in this tournament. Uh, Cunning is not a UFA. He is a RFA after this year. Sorry. Yeah, so. and what does GHA a J- G-A-H mean? How many GAH does Ottawa have? I'm not sure of what that means. GAH? I mean, is it Georgia Apple Hockey? Because that doesn't work. Was it supposed to be GAF? Oh, ga- oh ga- games in games hand. Games in hand. Games oh. in hand, not at hand. Um, yeah. game- how many games in hand does uh, Ottawa have? Uh, there are 33 games played. They play the f- uh, fewest amount of games in the league. But I don't think it matters. You have to win those games. Ottawa isn't going to do that. Did you watch them against uh, Vancouver yesterday? They were run out of the building. They're terrible. They yeah. have 19 regulation losses. 19. And the only reason why, I mean, they have 14 wins, which is more than Columbus. But they, they have 19 losses. They haven't won a single game. I mean, they're overtime. They're not getting loser points. They're either winning games or they're just getting smoked in regulation. Yeah. I mean, they've only won two overtime games, and which is both the ones they play. If you do the math on this, that's it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you look at Montreal is a better team. We think if you look at their roster, they're inferior. Buffalo is a better team. They're not getting a good season out of Tage Thompson. You could argue their roster is inferior. Ottawa's got a lot of issues. Buffalo also killed New York in a game. And what happened with their other two games? Toronto killed the Rangers in a game. What happened with their other game? The Rangers yeah. beat Carolina got killed by them the other time. It happens. I do, have to, I do have to say this. If there was a playoff series, Ottawa would be one of those teams that worry me because I think they're, they're a very heavy down low team. And maybe Corpusal gets hot. I just still don't see it about them. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about that team. I think Peter Laviolette is going to he's going to show them the tape from that yeah. game. He's going to be like, "This is what they did to you the last <laughs> time. Go kick the crap out of them." Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you very much, everybody, for watching. Um, uh, Mike, hopefully you're still watching, even though you didn't ask an Islander question at the end. We have lots of other questions that we have for that. But, guys, thank you. And can't wait to see what this week is going to bring. We're going to be doing midseason awards next week, so can't wait for that. Talk to you all soon. And, well, Phil, final word? Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. All right, later.